Hey everybody, welcome back to Filipino Fridays. So excited to be able to share our guest with you today. And of course, we are releasing this a day early than usual in honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility. So our special guest that we have here is a tattoo artist, a performer, an actor, all around wonderful person. Please welcome to the show, Romeo. Welcome to Filipino Fridays. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you know what? Um, it's it's crazy that um the last time we spoke and you mentioned that you wanted to release this for um Trans Day uh, vi- visibility, right? Yes. I <laughs> uh you actually reminded me because I, I find that I can't keep up with these days sometimes. I'm like, wait, okay, is it is it Trans Awareness Week? Is it is it like Trans Day Remembrance? But I know that's like in November, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> which one is it? <laughs> There's so many things I find that like I need to keep up with, you know, like changing terms and things so thank you for reminding me that (laughs) of this day (laughs) for sure friend this is a celebration (laughs) of you a celebration of our community and i definitely wanted to make sure to be able to share our platform to learn more on this day right and it's not like it's a new thing in our community but i can imagine Mm -hmm. there's still so much more to learn because um you know to an extent, there are still parts of it that are still stigmatized. There needs to be more education in terms mm-hmm. of um, gender rights. And so, yeah, yeah uh, we let's have the chat. Let's learn today it, together, yeah. friends. <laughs> well, it, it's crazy because like um, now that you mention it, this is nothing new. It really isn't. This is ancient in our yes. culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like mm-hmm. <laughs> our ancestors are like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Y'all like are the late. same dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hush, talk about Filipino time. <laughs> so let's break it down and please share with us, you know, define transgender for our friends who aren't quite familiar with it. How would you define gender? How would you define transgender? Okay, so I guess with like the term transgender, that means like someone who was born or assigned uh, a gender or sex at birth. Let's like, for example, I was assigned female at birth and I have transitioned into a male or a male presenting person. So yeah, being trans means like you pretty much were born one way and then you, (laughs) this is a corny term, blossomed into like your true self. Um, yeah, that's pretty much I guess what it means. And I wanted to add to that um, as well. Um, there is a wonderful TED Talk from France Villarta, um, and the title is The Gender Fluid History of the Philippines. Cool. And he had shared, you guys can check this out online, um, do your own little deep dives. So, and what he has shared is when it comes to discussions about gender, it's important to note that, you know, man and woman aesthetic genders are anchored strictly on the biological sex, our social constructs. Mm-hmm. You know, in our community's case, the social contract is an imposition. Mm-hmm. So it was hammered into our heads over hundreds of years by ways of colonization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so not that's surprising. <laughs> Oh, we can get on about this whole power we did last time. Yeah, yeah. We, we were triggered. We were hot, but <laughs> we were triggered. Today, yes. Yeah. Today's about you. <laughs> That's okay for triggered today too. <laughs> yes, we'll probably get there. Keep it hot and spicy. Yeah. I love it. So, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey into transitioning into oh, okay. you know becoming your true self today yeah uh okay so well um when i was a child like really really young um i'm born into a family of uh four siblings and i so i have three sisters but i was born female but um i've always felt like i guess tomboyish and i I felt like the brother of the family and basically like back then i mean i guess even now maybe not so much now today but everything i saw in media what i was taught how boys are supposed to be how girls are supposed to be dress act all of that um it didn't really fly with me because like i knew i was born female but i was like wait okay am i i'm a potty mouth am i allowed to swear on this or no try to keep it clean 
Yes, you are. <laughs> I, okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, I can breathe. I can fucking breathe. <laughs> okay, I, I just have it. to say. Okay, cool. Because I'm. Uh, I appreciate that because I do find that um, on you know I guess other <laughs> interviews or just in general, if traditional media, it is a little yes. bit regulated and censored. Yeah. But in our yeah. podcast, unregulated world, I just okay. need to tag a little explicit tag, and you're all in the clear. <laughs> okay, okay, sweet. Yeah, because I do find that would knowing this would make me come across more authentic. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, when I was really young, um, just seeing on the media how women were treated or portrayed as like secondary to men, um, damsel in distress, which is fine, I guess. But like up to a point, it's like, come on, can't always be in distress. And um, even just uh, like real life situations where there was violence towards women, um, I just couldn't get down with that as a kid. I was like, wait, what? Is this what it means to be female? Fuck that shit. I don't want that shit. Yeah. You know? Like, I want to be the prince in sh- uh, knight in shining armor. Like, I want to be killing it in, at life. Like, I want to be treated with respect and all that. Like, I want to play sports. I want to wear whatever the fuck I want. Um, and yeah, it's funny because like when I was in elementary and high school, like maybe from like my preteen years and older, uh, I would go shopping with my mom. That was like one of our bonding things. And I would always take her to the men's or boys clothing section. And she'd be like, oh, you like that one? Like, okay. <laughs> kind of confused. Like I wanted to wear boxers. Like I wanted to wear this and that. Um, so that was like an early, I guess, uh, moment of my expression. And there's even uh, photos of me as a toddler running around topless because I really didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and my parents told me at that time, when I would do that, they would just kind of laugh because they, they just knew that about me. They're like, Oh, um, my, my birth name was Diane. And they'd be like, Oh, Diane, like doesn't fucking like they didn't swear, but they're like, Oh, she's so silly. Like, yeah, don't care. Always running around. One, they thought it was just mm, like something funny. They, they, like, Oh, look at my child. And yeah. then they didn't really think yeah. about it. Anything seriously from that. Not mm. too hard. Yeah, exactly. And like, I was always into sports. It's just all the things that were, I guess, stereotypically, expected from boys or, or masculine. men yeah those are things yeah masculine those are the things that mm-hmm. i wanted to do um but i also find that uh i think when i was way younger because i knew that was expected of guys i wanted to do it even more so because um maybe to overcompensate for the fact that i wasn't a guy mm-hmm. um i didn't feel comfortable wearing dresses like to me that was like playing dress up or playing drag i felt like i was being forced into it um my mom put us all in ballet i fucking hated it but apparently i was good at it (laughs) teacher she was such a fucking bitch but she's told my mom i was her favorite i'm like are you fucking kidding me she was so mean to me but the thing is like um yeah i guess when it came to like sports or just any activity because i didn't have the control over my gender the fact that i was born female like i didn't have that choice to be born male um what i did have control over was you know trying to excel in sports or just like whatever talents like I, I really liked art since I was really little and so those are outlets of creativity that I did have control over and um ways of expression where there is no gender it didn't matter you can do whatever the fuck you want right as long as it felt good and you're good at it um so yeah as a kid I was drawn to sports because yeah I just I like running around and like uh it I guess it was like also another distraction from reality uh ever since I was really young going to a Catholic elementary and high school um, and being taught what they teach you there. You can't be gay. You have to be like this and that, like very, very restricting. It just made me question my existence every day of my life. So I had insomnia for most of my life, (laughs) trying to figure out why I existed if I wasn't allowed to be attracted to women, like as a girl. And I'm like, why? Like, ah, fuck, I had to see my classmates like start dating each other. And I was super jealous. I'm like, oh, I want to be a dude so I can have girlfriends too. And like, I just, I was so jealous of guys for just existing because I wanted to be in their shoes, you know? So I just kept to myself. I would just play sports and like do art, play with my friends. But I noticed that I was, I was sad. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm a silly person. I love to laugh and everything, but, 
um, you know how they say that some people have resting bitch face. I had rest, I had resting sad face and I, I like, I didn't even realize like, cause I was always so deep in thought, like, why the fuck am I here? Why the fuck am I here? I feel like that's what I thought almost 24 seven. If I wasn't talking or engaging in any activity, yeah. I would just be sitting there like wondering, pondering my existence. Oh. And I would have classmates and friends just come up to me as I'm sitting there and they would just say like, you look like the saddest person. And I'm like, really? Oh, I didn't know that I looked really sad. And I even, we had like an uncle, um, <clears throat> that drew like a caricature of me and my sisters. Uh, he drew us all in like, kind of like Disney princess, like we were all wearing like Disney princess dresses and <clears throat> all my sisters were smiling, but my face was like sad. And when I saw that as a kid, I was like, Oh shit. Is it that obvious that I'm always like sad looking shit? Um, it's so different now. Uh, yeah. People that I meet, uh, sometimes they tell me they're like, you're, you're the fucking like happiest person or some shit. Like whenever they meet yeah, me, yeah, you're sunshine personified. <laughs> yeah, I'm always just like, Woo. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I'm drawn to like puppies and babies and <laughs> to that kind yeah. of energy. Um, but yeah. And I, I guess that internal conflict, right? Like whatever storms that we're facing mm -hmm. internally, it does come across externally. Oh yeah. Without you knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're young, especially as an adolescent, especially as a teenager, it's mm. like, you're so confused and you know, yeah. that period of sadness, it must've felt so lonely because, oh, yeah. you know, did you, were you able to find anybody who could relate or who you were able to talk to about this at the time or? Um, no, not at all. It was hard to find support. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. That must've been so. For, sh for sure. Not because, uh, yeah. Um, I went to a fucking Catholic school. You can't talk about that shit or else you're considered like a sin or you're going to go to hell. I, uh, yeah. So I pretty much just kept that all to myself and it wasn't until I guess, um, oh yeah. Grade seven. Uh, I ended up cutting my hair because it's funny, uh, the Bay downtown, you know, that department store, uh, I think they were having their 325th anniversary or something. And they had like a hair salon there, like super old school. Um, my family and I would go there. And so because of that anniversary, they were having like a, a special, I think the haircuts were like 325. So my mom's like, okay, everyone's getting a haircut. And I had long ass hair back, back then. Um, but because like, yeah, I wanted to, I was so tomboy. I want to be a dude. I cut my hair short, as short as possible that it wouldn't be so obvious. I like, I'm trying to be a boy, but mm -hmm. short enough to make me feel like closer to how I feel inside. So I don't know if you remember this group, this nineties R and B group called TLC. Yeah, for you know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know T Boz, the lead singer. Yeah, yeah. I cut yeah. my hair like that. Yeah. Oh. And it was crazy because like, oh man, I remember like my my hair was super long. The lady at the um her name was Shauna. She put my hair in a ponytail, chopped the ponytail off and started like parading it around the salon like kind of laughing how long it was yeah. and I remember thinking at that moment oh my fucking god what the fuck did I just do like I felt like crying kind of like that's a big ass change right but um it was cool because like that made me feel better at that moment and I know that's a big thing for like lesbians when they're kind of like coming out of the closet a lot mm -hmm. of them like to chop their hair off look more androgynous or like kind of more masculine and like that I, I kind of feel like that uh makes them feel closer to how they feel inside. And that's one way of like expressing themselves. Yeah. It's a, it's a start, you know, besides changing your clothes and how you carry yourself. You know, that panic, uh, that moment of panic mm. that you had, like yeah. with them parading <laughs> is almost as if like, Oh my God, am I being exposed right yeah. now? Because they don't really know like where to place myself. But then at the same time, you're like, Oh, this feels really good though. So yeah. <laughs> that was probably the complex. Oh, like, it was also just like, like range of emotions going on. Yeah. Well, well, also, because, like, I've had long hair all my life, so that was a big part of me. Wow. And for it to be just cut off and then, like, laughed, you know, like, oh, look at this long-ass hair. I'm like, you're fucking laughing at this long, big part of me that has been with me for how many years? And, no, it was just, it was, like, kind of traumatizing in a way. Yeah, But at the same time, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I have short hair finally. Like, I literally just want to shave my head and, like, have 
typical dude haircut or old school 90s haircut. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I remember going to school the next day. I was a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Teacher was talking. I went in, sat down. Everyone just shut the fuck up and like was staring at me. They're like, what the fuck? Like it was such a change, you know, back then, like everyone just had long hair. And it's funny because I was like, okay, sweet. This is, this is something I did for me, whatever. But the thing is because I played sports like basketball and like uh, track and field, because I had short hair and it was different from most of the other girls, it ended up like burn on me. It ended up getting attention from dudes from other schools. <laughs> we want that one. The yeah. one with the short hair. <laughs> They're like, I had a nickname. My nickname was T-Buzz. Like, oh, yeah. That is such yeah, a 90s, like, 90s. 90s, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I even dyed it blonde too. I'm just gonna, like. That's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> Did you dye the front too? Did you dye it blonde Fuck yeah. too? Long shit in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. The reverse moment where it's like party. Exactly. In the yep. Party in the front. <laughs> That's exactly what I had. Yep. <laughs> so what was so that, that like for you? Because it's like, <laughs> like your face. You're like, what was that like? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, because like, you, you you have this like. Uh, this like you know like as a teenager you have this attraction yeah. to women and then now yeah. all of this unwanted attraction <laughs> is coming from all the fellas like what was that like that probably would like freak you out <laughs> like what yeah it, it freaked me out and it fucking pissed me off because <laughs> okay no the, uh like i've i've <laughs> i've mentioned to this to so many people like um <laughs> so okay this is the deal like I, I had crushes on like my female classmates um but yeah when we would i guess have like sport tournaments whether it's basketball or <laughs> track and field there'd be other schools right and so obviously when you see people from other schools because you're not see, used to seeing them every day they're all shiny and new so all the girls would be like "Ooh, this guy this guy from that school right and they would always talk about them they were so gaga over them and i'm just like i don't fucking get it <laughs> like whatever they're dudes right because i whatever um but then the thing is like these specific i guess guys that they liked i would find out that those dudes liked me and I'm like, no, that's not supposed to be like that. I like you. Like, I like these girls, right? But then um, they would like those guys from those schools. But those guys from those schools would like me. It's fucked up. Triangle. And I'm like, fuck. You're in this conundrum. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean. And I felt like shit. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, that was probably weird for you to, like, you know. To, to navigate yeah because yeah, like honestly i felt really bad like at the time i wish i could have just told like guys like if they asked for my f- number or whatever tried to holler i wish i could just have easily said i'm sorry like i'm a lesbian like i like girls but at that time it wasn't like a thing really it wasn't um as i guess accepted as it is now and i was so scared like i just <sighs> I really felt bad for these guys because like, I didn't want them. I didn't want to fuck with their ego. Like I didn't want them to think I was rejecting them for them. Like, I wish I could have just told them like, yo, I don't swing that way. It's not going to happen. Like, it was so awkward. Like I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really handle it. Well, (laughs) Uh, there was one time where a guy came up and he's like, Oh, like, Oh, my friend wants your number. And then I was literally just like, Oh, I, um, uh, uh, like just kept like, um, and they're like, oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) I was just so fucking stupid. I was just so awkward until they became awkward too and fucked off. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And another, okay, another funny thing too, um, shit, like I wouldn't give my number out, but then somehow sometimes guys would get my number off of my classmates. Motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfuckers. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Whoever gave my number out, fuck you. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> so I was, at, I remember being at home one time and uh, <laughs> the phone rings and my dad answers. He's like, hello, who's this? And um, 
yeah, sometimes like some random guy from another school would call because he want want to talk, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want this, like, shit. And it happened pretty often that one time my best friend called the house. My best friend is female, but she has kind of a lower voice. <laughs> She's kind of tomboyish, right? So I remember hearing my dad answer the phone. I'm doing homework or whatever, and he's like, "Hello, who is this?" Oh. Oh, okay. And then he gives me the phone. It was my best friend, Alexis. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shit, my dad thought you were some random fucking dude calling around. Is it so often that your parents are yeah. like, I'm sick of screening all of these guys yeah. like hollering at my daughter? <laughs> yeah, but and, and I remember my dad was pissed. He's like, I don't want you talking to boys. I'm like, I don't want it either. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry yeah. about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> if you only knew, Dad. Exactly. If you only knew. <laughs> I wish it were that easy to just have been like straight up to everyone yeah that would have like helped a lot with so much anxiety and like awkward moments <laughs> i guess like at that time growing up like that's still you yeah know. so when did it mm-hmm. when was the turning point for you then that like not only like into transitioning but then actually kind of not just fuck. yeah doing that or just like laying it out for everybody like Hey everyone, like this is me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When was that turning point for you? I think that was like after high school. Cause I felt like um, you know, going to elementary high school, Catholic school, <laughs> I just felt like I had to be patient and wait it out and not like I, I don't think I was ready either to be open about that. Also because shit, I remember um I'd be in French class or whatever class and you know how guys can be dicks sometimes they would Mm -hmm. if they get rejected by someone they would blame it on the girl and call her a lesbian you know they'd gaslight them yeah yeah exactly yeah they'd be like toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with you because you don't want to get with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's happened so many times and and, like guys have like (laughs) guys have admitted that to me too when like back in the day when i would tell them like oh i'm a lesbian uh and and I would, yeah, tell them shit. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I I used to go be in the club and like ask a girl out. And if she'd say no, I'd be like, well, fuck you, you fucking lesbian. <laughs> you know? So hearing shit like that in high school, um, it scared me. Like when when um my male classmates would talk about my other female classmates and maybe because if they were kind of tomboyish or they carried themselves a certain way or did whatever the fuck, um, they would call them lesbians as if it's like a bad thing, you know? And, and that's awful. I don't using, know. That hurt yeah, me. That's it awful is. using like Use something that I identified as, as a like, weapon. As like a yeah. Exactly. I hate that. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like really, I guess, just scared in high school, and I'm not safe. I don't know. Um. So I just thought you can, you know, fucking college. I don't know anyone, and like this is a fresh start. And um. Oh no, the first person I told was my sister. And then uh, that was like a big weight off of my shoulders. I, I was very lucky with the way that went down. Because, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've mentioned the story before. Uh, I, I was like, it was just really eating me up inside. Um, I had watched this show on YTV. <laughs> Uh, I think yes. it was I think it was called yeah together like the number two and it was like oh, the, yeah, yeah this boy band thing. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so there was this episode where this the blonde one the blonde one that looks kind of like very jock like a jock yeah yeah, yeah. Remember you remember him? him okay so this episode yeah, yeah. like he really liked this girl but for mm. some reason that girl thought he was gay and so he, mm. he he was like so worried that she thought he was gay so he tried so hard to come across even more masculine. So yeah. he started wearing big leather and all this shit, but it ended up doing the opposite. She ended up making him look extra gay. So <laughs> it was a pretty funny episode. And then at the very end, like he had to do a speech and he's what he he just he's like, you know what? Forget about it. Like whatever. If you if you think I am gay, like yeah, I am gay. Gay for women. (laughs) It was just, (laughs) it was so ridiculous. But me watching this, you know, as like a a preteen or no, wait, a teenager, um, seeing this episode and because it it had comedy and it was funny, it was like such a relief to see, um, them talk about it like this is okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah and like to see them talk about it in like a funny way and for this guy to be like you know what whatever yeah. like yeah, gay for women. <laughs> like, <laughs> i just thought that was really funny and that at that point i said to myself i'm like shit 
I need to do this. I need mm-hmm. to like fucking come out or tell somebody. So um, I think the next day I went to my oldest sister and I was like, oh, um, I need to tell you something. And then she's like, yeah, okay, hold on a sec. Then, because this was nighttime, she was getting ready for bed. And like, she went to the washroom, I think did her nighttime routine. Took like half an hour, which meant like, to me felt like forever. I'm like waiting in the Aww. living room. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, kind of like <laughs> and then she finally comes out. She's like, yeah, Wait, what? sorry. Is your sister older, younger? Older, older, yeah. Oh, I, I your ate. You're yeah, my you ate. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's huge. I, yeah, I have two older sisters and one younger. Um, but yeah, she comes out of the washroom and she's like, "Yeah, what is it?" And I'm like, "Oh, um, uh, I, I think I'm bi." Like I just said, bisexual at the time because like I didn't want to be full on like, "Oh, I'm gay." You know, like I was kind of like ease into it. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't bi. Like I was definitely lesbian, but I just wanted to like, yeah, you know. I love how you said that. Oh, I'm gay. <laughs> I didn't want to say that yet. Like in the most like gross. You know what? I wish I, I I hope someone comes out that way. I hope the biggest butchest lesbian in the world like comes out that way, just walks into the room. I'm great. <laughs> that would be the what most a, what epic an announcement. <laughs> that would be the most epic and the best fucking coming out story in the world. <laughs> That literally is a proclamation, <laughs> like a proclamation into the world. Like, Starts okay. throwing shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the kind of energy we exactly. want. Like, whoever is queer identifying, Please. come at it with that energy. Come, come on. <laughs> right? Embrace that oh identity. Right? I want to be there when it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's 2022. Yeah. Come through like that. Not a, you cannot be timid. You better no, say it in that way. Like I, I don't know. I just picture fucking. We empower you. I picture like Donkey Kong or something. You know, just like oh. the Super Saiyan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Moving, like yeah. Carry on. We get out there. You're about to tell. You're about to tell okay. out there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, um, uh, I think I'm bi, right? And then she just looks at me. She's like, yeah. So am I. So what? Like. Catherine Zeta Jones is hot. I don't give a fuck. I don't fucking care. And I was like, well, what? Like, this is something that's been fucking like killing me inside for however many years. I tell her and I feel like it's like the weight of the world. Um, And she just like brushes it off. Yeah, whatever, you know? And she's not, I don't think she's not bi. um, But at the moment, like, yeah, I think she said she like made out with girls and like whatever. But but the fact that she just reacted that way, like it wasn't a big deal. Oh my God. It was such a fucking relief. Aww. It was such a big, holy fuck, you know? And mm. from there, um, I like, I, I was able to sleep, you know, at night. And then the, I think the next day, I don't, I kind of just, okay. I don't know if any other queer people can relate to this, but once you come out of the closet, once you're able to like, say who you are um you feel like you just want to tell the world and that's how i felt i felt like i wanted to tell everyone my best friend and i hung out and we had a sleepover and we were usually just cracking up and shit once i told my best friend i was like yo this is how i feel about girls and blah blah she goes to me and says dude everything you said me too and i'm like oh shit i knew it i knew you didn't fucking like because she used to say shit like yeah, Justin Timberlake's hot. I'm like, fuck that. No, you don't think that way. Are you using him as a scapegoat or whatever? But no, I don't know. Yeah, it was actually, it was amazing for me to like come out to my best friend and have the support and for her to say, dude, I'm just like you. Like, I'm fucking lucky, you know? Yeah, I was going to say you're so fortunate because mm. I know many others either were not accepted by family yeah, yeah or friends and it's it was an even harder struggle for them yeah yeah i yeah, no, for sure like i i'm lucky that uh my sister reacted the way she did my best friend like ended up being like the exact same as me and uh after i came out to her um i was just in school and like i felt like i was yeah being more connected to myself and I was very open about it and like I made friends and I even told them, I'm like, yeah, I I actually, I do like women. And it was crazy because, um, older people started coming out to me. Like I was only, I I think I was like 17 or something. And I was having like people who are way older come to me and express how they feel. And 
I, and I was, I just felt like a kid. Right. And here, here are like adults, older ad- adults telling me how they feel and how, for how long they've been feeling it and like how they're s- stuck in like a, yeah, I guess a, a straight relationship, but they've been fantasizing about this or that. And I'm just hearing this. I'm like, Whoa, crazy. Like, and it made me wonder, I'm like, is this the first time that they were able to say that to anyone? And like, it's kind of an honor to be able to be the one to hear it, you know, for the first time from them. Because like, I know how that feels. And um, they felt safe. Yeah, to yeah. To share with you. Yeah, which is so precious. Yeah, it, it's really precious. Like, yeah, especially if all your life um, you that's all you yearn for to feel like accepted, to feel worthy of existing on Earth. Um, yeah, that was it was really dope. And then. I ended up, I think in my second semester, I ended up falling in love for the first time. And so that was crazy. I was like, whoa, okay. Once I came out, I was just like, yo, yeah, I want to like beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> and like that happened. I was like, oh shit. And um, it was crazy because I ended up being, she like, she was my first girlfriend, but I ended up being her first girlfriend. She only dated guys before me. And <clears throat> so I guess like, it's like all the We're each other's oh. first. Yeah. Cue the music. So <laughs> no, no, edit edit Sound some effect. corny um sure, sure. you know I got you. music in at that <laughs> <laughs> this this goes from podcast interview to like um what is it called uh yeah, yeah. you know like audio <laughs> book of like romance that's novel. Sweet. It's like actually that's so nice because you're both exploring this for the first time together so it's kind of like mm-hmm. and that must have been so heartwarming because it's like whatever you're unsure of and like kind of all of the awkwardness and kind of all of these like questions or uncertainty mm-hmm. at least there's somebody else who could relate with you as well and would give you the understanding in the safe space mm-hmm. in this new exploration and this new relationship. Right. So, yeah. Wow. It was, it was cool. But at the same time that came with challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Oh my God. <laughs> I was sure who I was. Like I, I was very open as like a lesbian. Um, this was like something new to her. So she felt like she had to hide it. And but I think at the moment, like she didn't feel like she was, she wasn't like aware of the fact that we were like a gay couple, I guess. It wasn't until um, her dad found out. At first, her family like really loved me. Like they were really kind to me. And once her dad found out that we were dating, it, <laughs> he fucking hated me. Like um, he was a homophobe and remember like I there were times where I would have to climb her roof of her house just to see her because like I couldn't be caught like there and one time I walked her home he opened the door and he's like what are you doing here like I'm gonna call the cops on you and like he was just really angry at me and I was so sad because like I felt like um here is my first time having a girlfriend having everything I've ever, ever wanted you know as a kid yet my first love too on top of that and then here's another person still telling me that like you shouldn't exist and um it it affected both of us like me and her first love and like it was it was so sad but it was like a tragedy like um yeah i was i was depressed from that like it was really hard and i just i was like fuck is this the way it's gonna be you know like if you're like oh yay here finally i get to be open i finally get to come out i i finally get to live you know this life and then have that challenge from like her dad it's just like i'm like oh no not again like here we go back to like the struggle of being discriminated because of you choosing choosing to love completely and still you know it's like another roadblock where it's like here we go again i'm not accepted you know yeah and i remember feeling like i'm like shit this this is another moment where i felt like shit if i only maybe was a guy we wouldn't have to go through this you know her dad would accept me she wouldn't have to feel like she needs to hide Mm -hmm. and it also made me think like fuck would he rather her date like a guy who's a fucking asshole to her but he's a guy yeah then you know a girl that 
wants to take care of treat her. her really well and take care of her and stuff like and, and make her happy mm-hmm. like it, it it made me think of shit like that back then you know it's like it just didn't feel fair yeah. it really sucked yeah. but you know you just got to keep on mm-hmm. and i did have like other relationships after that too but it's just it's crazy like you know how we're talking that's a core like traumatic memory yeah Hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that fucked me up for a long mm-hmm. ass time, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know how we were saying earlier, or you're you're mentioning how you want to do more um like LGBTQ stories. um yeah stories, and you know how much tea <laughs> there would be, right? Like, oh god, like <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like maybe almost every queer person out there An has experience like, like that yeah. crazy stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're just like. Yeah, whether it be, you know, sad or like spicy. Yeah, I can imagine the family aspect, the family acceptance would be a common Mm. struggle. But we're going to move forward here into when Mm. you started to then now explore the idea of transitioning. So I believe you mentioned, you know, um, your first exposure to other transgendered people um, around 2013 when you entered the film industry. So yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. Like I, um, got into film and I was starting to think about like transitioning. I I heard of people that I knew in real life who were going through it. And it's crazy because like, this is something that I, uh, fantasized about when I was a kid, but back then it felt like such a far idea, like something impossible. Back when I was younger, um, it wasn't called transitioning. It was just called a sex change. And any representation of that on, on TV was like men becoming women. And it wasn't something that was uh, looked up to. It was kind of more like, oh, that person's, that person's different. That person's kind of like a freak. And so, yeah, I just... The media made it a comical, too. They they didn't... Yeah, yeah. They didn't represent it in a respectful or dignified way. It's kind of like the punchline mm-hmm. in a joke or like a caricature yeah. or, you know, it wasn't done mm-hmm. meaningfully or thoughtfully at the time in the media, I can imagine. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been like that for a long time, like in... Yeah, TV, film. Um, so yeah, back then I just thought, oh, that's that'd be sick. But like, what are the what are the, what are the chances? But come 2013, um, for me to hear about people in real life, in real time, actually going through it and learning about the process, it started to like yeah, ignite in my mind. Like, oh, maybe I want to do this. But this is also something I thought about before then because like. I even had like my, um, one of my old bosses, uh, I worked for this like Italian restaurant and I worked in the kitchen with him. And I remember him asking me like, Oh, do do you ever like, you know, think about turning into a man? And I was like, well, I thought about in the past, but I realized like, no, I I like makeup still. Like, you know, I I think I'm good, you know? (laughs) And he's like, okay. I just, I was just wondering cause like his best friend did transition in Italy and he showed me pictures of him and like, he just looked like a full on dude. And I was like, Whoa, cool. But back then, like, yeah, I just, uh, I think that was like in 2009. Um, I wasn't really, really thinking about too much. Although, you know, I would express myself in ways that like, it's obvious, like I wanted to be a guy, but yeah, 2013 gone into film and yeah, it just seemed like, one by one people would start popping into my life who were actually going through transition or have been into their transition like years ahead. Um, my, one of my first like part-time acting classes, we were filming demo reels, I think, or like demo tapes. And (laughs) uh, so my classmate, uh, she was being a reader for my scene and it was a scene from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And she's like, oh, so uh, who are you reading for? And I'm like, Will. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, like I've been contemplating transitioning and blah, blah, whatever. And then she said to me, oh, um, yeah, I've, I've, um, I'm, fem- I'm like male to female uh, transgender, like for six or seven years. And I was like, what? what? Holy shit. Like, I didn't know. I, I just thought that she was like yeah just you know lesbian or something or just 
but that was like, whoa, oh, what? I love it. Yeah. Le- leave it to the artists, leave it to the creatives to be like, I'm going to make that change because this <laughs> is what is me. This is who I am yeah. right? in the way that I express myself. So yeah. it's amazing. Actually, now that as you're speaking, it's like, who are these trans activists or who are these queer activists or leaders? You know, often they come from a creative background mm-hmm. or an art background yeah. or performing arts background. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're expressing yourself through art, then you're able to fully express your true self. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like, you know, the truth comes out. It's like, yeah. I'm already transitioning, friend. Yeah, it's funny. I actually come to think of it. Um, back in elementary school, uh, when we would play, um, wedding or just you know during recess, I always like volunteered as hu- uh, husband <laughs> <laughs> or, or groom or yeah, yeah, um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got into film, and the thing is with like film, um, they base off your headshot, how you look, your appearance for, you know, considering you for, for casting, yeah, for mm-hmm. casting, yeah, for roles. So because I looked very feminine and female, like I had, I had like a blonde full hawk, like the, my look was called edgy <laughs> and I had my tattoos and stuff. Um, but like I had makeup and everything. I was always considered for roles that, um, the description was like, oh, sexy woman, lingerie or like just uh, (laughs) the most exposed kind of characters and i'm i'd read these breakdowns like damn it like i want to play the guy role because like i'd read the description of the male role and like he would be the i guess the main character who's like fighting crime or just like saving the day same thoughts i had as a child right like you know i want to be the knight in shining armor um but these roles that i had to go for was like drug dealer's girlfriend i'm like oh can i be the drug dealer i don't want to be like all hot in this laundry looking all sexy and shit i'm like fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's not that's not me that no. ain't me yeah but mm-hmm. this is this is a shit i was going out for um the plus side on that was going into the audition rooms um and seeing the other girls that were auditioning for the same role walking in be like damn you know, like, everyone's looking fine <laughs> wearing their lingerie and i'm like oh wait Ew, this is like, this is what, how I look to them too. Or I'm like, fuck, this is weird. So, um, I ended up doing, uh, a role for a short horror film and it was like, yeah, Mexican strip club. I, I was a bartender, but I had to wear fishnet stockings, mini skirt. And I remember feeling on set that like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> if I continue looking this way, um, I'm going to continue feeling this way like really uncomfortable on set and I'll be playing roles I I don't want to play. So I started to transition and then I went from going for mostly female roles to androgynous, like both female and male roles. And then now I just audition for like dude (laughs) roles. I get to audition as a drug dealer now, (laughs) like all those other things that I wanted to do. And I'm usually wearing full on clothing now. (laughs) So, um, that being said, uh, there's a lot to do with, um, the sexualization of women. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to casting, I noticed a night and day difference in that. Yeah. Like I went from like, Ooh, sexy lady (laughs) to like, yo, put on your clothes and shoot these guns and sell these drugs. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. So it's, it was extra, um, back in 2013 uh auditioning like as a female for these very very female uh presenting roles it actually just really fired up the anxiety within you know because i'm like shit this is really what women go through this is how women are portrayed still to this day sexualized and whatnot um and this this is a very thing that I did not want as a child. Like I just couldn't get down with. Um, props to women for still doing these roles. Like, and and I, I can appreciate too having been one. Like how it feels to look good and to be glammed up. I'm not one of those trans guys who absolutely hated their past and just hated the way they looked. Like I know a lot of trans guys feel that way, and that's why they don't want to speak about their past or have their birth name mentioned or have any ties to their past. I get it too, because they want to live their life, how they present now and like 
this is who they truly feel like, right? But uh, how I differ in that way is um, I still... I still appreciate both. That's still a part of you. Yeah, that was a part of it's you. It's still a part of me. Yeah, and it, it forever will be. Like, I think that is a big part of my, I guess, my journey and how it went. Yeah. Like, sure, I didn't get the privilege of um, starting my transition earlier on in life as, like, maybe I would have loved to um, before puberty or whatever. But at the same time, it... Um, made me just appreciate both like perspectives and have an understanding for both like if anything i think it's like a it's a it's a plus like because i can understand the women's perspective too um yeah yeah you have the full understanding of the um female and male psyche now um I would love if you don't mind sharing um, to I, I think many of our other listeners are also curious what that was like in the beginning process of transitioning for your parents, for your family. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so um, it was tough because um, I jokingly said to my mom one day, like while we were at a family dinner, like, uh, mom, I'm going to turn to dude, you know, just like jokingly said it to her and she just looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then the very next day asked, like, are you really going to go through with that? Like injections and everything. And she was concerned. Um, and I told her, yeah. And she, for the longest time, she kind of just tried to talk me out of it. She, like say like, no, you don't have to transition. You have to do this. I already accept you as like a lesbian and you could be like Ellen. <laughs> and I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it, it was really hard because like she always just tried to talk me out of it every time I went to visit. Uh, like every time I'd show up at their house, she'd be like, oh, are you still, you know, doing that? Like, well, you don't have to, you don't have to. And I think for her, it was more of a concern with like how it would affect my health because I am on like hormones, right? And she's a nurse. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and also with the whole like pronoun thing uh and also with my new name uh it took her a very long time to start calling me romeo and it used to make me cringe when she would call me my old name but now i realize like no it's it's a lot for a parent to transition with you yeah like have you know naming you from birth and then like having known you by that name for the longest time then all of a sudden like having to call you something else like and that's another thing i need i think like youth young trans people need to know and understand also as much as you are going through your own transition and change um you also have everyone around you is exactly yeah yeah, and and you have to be patient like i i do know that there's a lot of young people out there who are like oh they're like misgendering me like fucking not using my new name like kate it's gonna take some time um I know it makes you cringe and it pisses you off at the moment, but you do have to like have compassion and think about um, what the other people around you are also going through. It's not just fucking you, you know, like, yeah, they have to come to terms with their emotions. Exactly. To an extent, they're also grieving your past self. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like it's as much as you're going through it, they are going through it too. And it's not that they don't want to, it's just, it's, it's like, oh, damn, like this is something new. And like with anything, it just takes getting used to and takes some time. So you do have to have like some patience with that. And, you know, when I think about it now, when I used to get pissed or like just internally pissed when my mom would call me by my old name or refer to me as she or whatever, it's not an insult. Because honestly, like to be a woman, like that's fucking dope. Yes, <laughs> <are> dope. <laughs> so I don't, I, I wouldn't, Honestly, yeah, I would not look at it as an insult to call Mm -hmm. to be misgendered. Yeah, to be like, like, I know it's a big deal for people to want to pass, but no, for someone to call you female, like if you're transitioning, like that is not a fucking insult. (laughs) You have to be strong as fuck to exist as a woman in this world. And I just, yeah. You can make big ass. I I love I love how you share that because it's like don't be such a girl, and then you're saying yeah, it's it's kick ass to be a girl. What are you talking about? It's fucking tough. <laughs> it's really just like you know yeah, yeah that it's such an empowering thing for you to say that like hey man, I don't see it as a diss at all mm. if you 
had called me that. But I know for some, they yeah. it's a, they, they they believe strongly to not be misgendered. Mm, yeah. So we'll respect that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But just just like you know, don't you, there's no need to be so mad. Like it, it's just gonna take some time mm-hmm. for everyone to be on board or at the same level as like. Uh, your transition as you are like because you have that head start of like the realization of how you want to be referred to and like everyone's just catching up with you yeah Mm -hmm. could I share something from my notes that Mm -hmm. I thought that was so sweet and beautiful yeah Um, when Romeo and I first uh, chatted um, he he shared with me you know the one thing that held me back is I don't want to hurt my parents uh, I didn't want to hurt I never want to hurt my mom or make her think that she failed as a parent yeah. I always want to make my parents proud and I just thought that was so sweet and so special because at the end of the day no matter what gender we identify with like as a Filipino child as an Asian child Mm -hmm. we always just want to make our parents proud there's just that like deep love and so you know when there's hurt in 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 a way where it's like oh no like I just want to be fully truly myself but Mm -hmm. then I don't want to hurt you yeah you know it's like such a hard roadblock to come across you know and obviously that's uh, a a higher hill to climb because both of you have to come to navigate that together. Mm-hmm. And when you first shared that with me, I was like, see, just like all of us, we <laughs> yeah. just want to make our parents proud. It's we true. Just, we love them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah I do. It's, it's true. Like a lot of us, we really just do want that for our parents because like we appreciate them for giving us life and for taking care of us. Um, throughout her life and having to like sacrifice so much shit just for that and on top of that the thing is though like as much as like that's how much we care for them for it's kind of sad for it to be to the extent of holding ourselves back and our truth yeah and that's just so deeply ingrained in our culture that like oh you have to respect your parents you have to do this you have to do that like you feel this um this kind of burden indebtedness yeah, exactly yes the burden of indebtedness yeah. that utang na loob, yeah. like to mm-hmm. them that that filial piety yeah. like but, yeah for sure but sometimes mm-hmm. no it takes some person to be like fuck <laughs> you <know? laughs> can you just imagine saying, you have to be brave yeah you have to yeah know, and then, like, what'd you say like smack him in the face <laughs> um yeah. but yeah like especially when it comes to uh healing generational trauma you know if you don't mm-hmm. fucking step up to shit that like then nothing's gonna ever change and we're just yeah. gonna keep on continuing like um, I mean, like, you know, it's not, traditions are nice. Culture, cultural traditions can be nice, but a lot of them can also be fucking limiting as fuck. And also just very, I don't know, just keeping us stuck or like backwards or just in a shitty ass mentality. I don't know, people always like joke about how, you know, you, you tell your Asian parents or your Filipino parents that like you want to be a comedian or you want to be like a performer or whatever, something other than a doctor and, like you know, a nurse or um, scholar, things like that. Uh, I don't know how it is nowadays with uh, youth and with how parents are, but I guess back in the day, you say something like that, they kind of just like shit on your dreams and tell you that it's not possible because they they grew up in a time, like I guess their generation, where they're just trying to survive. And so they're really, really trying to be realistic and not overindulgent with like, I guess, their dreams or their hopes and um, their idea of like what life should be or what it is. It's like for them, okay, you know, go to school, get a good job, get married, take care of your kids. Yet, mm, where's the room for them to pursue things that they deeply, you know, deep down inside they they wanted? Like not a lot of the times they, they have that chance. And then you can see how some families are fucked up. You know? like, um, some, yeah, they, they just thought, okay, I need to get married. I need to have my kids and I need to be in this kind of narrative. Yet they're not fucking happy. And then that just passes on to their children. Their children thinks, okay, so this is what life is supposed to be. I'm supposed to like get married too and like have a fucked up relationship with my spouse and like fuck up my kids too. But we just have to like acknowledge that, wait, no, this is, I don't want this. Fuck that. 
Um, and sometimes it takes. Yes. <laughs> Be the cycle breaker, yeah. as we always say here. I mean, you know, just to add to what Romeo is saying, and we've shared this on the show, we've shared this on the podcast time and time again, right? A lot of where this displaced fear and this kind of, you know, over um, exaggeration in like what they consider as life security or job security has become a hindrance in seeing ourselves being represented in so many different sectors Mm -hmm. and us not being able to pursue our dreams. But fortunately now, a lot of the next gen or our generation is fighting Mm -hmm. that where it's like, look, I have a plan. You need to trust me on this. And this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do with my life. Right. I know at the Mm -hmm. end of it, it, it's all just coming from a place of love, not out of control, but in the time. And as you know, Filipinos are highly emotional. It gets hot and heated over like disagreements. So yeah, like Mm -hmm. it, it's something where that could be well worked out providing that you know you communicate and try to work that out together right so Mm. um just to add to that actually knowing what you know now and also have gone gone through all of those like experiences like navigating the conversation uh with your family with with relatives with your inner circle what would your advice be to parents about this and also like what would you tell like young trans youth or youth that are exploring kind of the thought of transitioning obviously media wise there are some really great examples now um as well for you know uh, trans representation but yeah what would you tell like if you could go back and tell like your mom and dad something in helping them this is a complete life change for all of you uh, you and your family and everybody around you like what would you tell them like, how would you comfort them, actually? Yeah. Yeah, it, that's totally what it would be, a comforting thing. Um, I would, I think, tell my parents and even just parents in general who may be experiencing, experiencing this for, from their kid, uh, I'd, I would want to tell them that, like, this is just how I feel and it's nothing on them. Like, they has nothing to do with how they raised me necessarily um, or how they treated me. Like they, I would just want to reassure them that they did not fail as parents. And if anything, um, maybe it's, you know, the, the fact that they did raise me to be strong enough to admit to myself and to the world who I really am. I feel like that takes a lot of shit you know, to be able to be like, yo, I am this way regardless of how the Catholic church sees me, regardless of how people who think differently uh, sees me. Like, honestly, I really just don't think life is worth living. If you are not able to truly, truly live it the way you want to and be who the fuck you are. Um, Because in the end, like, no one really, really makes the rules of life. No one gets to say what is right and wrong in your world, in your life. We have government, we have opinionated motherfuckers, like whatever, who like who portray themselves as authority and like who believe they have the power to rule over everything. Yet, no, we all have our individual lives and what we allow into our worlds and our minds um yeah it's really just you ever you get to believe and do whatever the fuck you want like and make your life what what you want it to be like you can really just design it uh the way you want and like regardless of how that's another thing too aside from being uh raised in like a catholic elementary high school kind of environment uh the environment that you come from at home is all you know and as much as like you know you can be brainwashed from a religion you can be brainwashed from your own household and not realize that because that that's what just what you're born into your circumstances and it's not until you step outside of that and see a different person's household or like you're just exposed to different people and their different beliefs that you realize like oh wait there is more shit to outside of like what i know and that will allow you to challenge like your 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 beliefs are just um, your limits. And 
honestly, it doesn't matter what age you are. So yeah, it's never too late to do anything at all. And, and that's another thing that I've realized or like heard from just being in the film industry too. Uh, people only really see uh, the fame uh, at the moment. Uh, but a lot of the times, like if you look at people who have... Or who are all of a sudden maybe in the spotlight, maybe they had like something that just really blew up like a movie. Most likely they, they've been in the game for many, many years, like working on their craft. And I've heard of like stories of people not getting like a big break until they're 60 or even like musicians, like sometimes they won't put out their hit song until they're 40 or um, I actually just recently saw this, uh, I don't know if it was a TikTok or Instagram, but this video, uh, this guy, he was talking about how he's like, shit, why can't pop music be like how it was in the eighties where all the hit pop musicians were like in their forties or fifties. Like and it didn't matter what you looked like for real. It, it, what mattered was the talent, I guess. And like the music, how they sounded and like, now it's, you know, image cells and whatever, um, aside from talent, but yeah, like it, just seeing that video, I was like, oh, shit, okay. Like, no, for real, like, it, things can be timeless. Things that what you want to do, it really just um, depends on, like, what you believe. Like, if you believe that it's too late, then yeah, sure, it's too fucking late. But realize that, like, no, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Thank you. Um, so in this period as well, did you have any trans role models or figures that you looked up to? We're so fortunate nowadays, you know, I think there's just so many, uh, and it's so important to see in representation in media as well, whether it's Jazz Jennings or Laverne Cox or, for me, the ones that I really um, admire are, like, the trans pageant winners or beauty queens like kevin ballot and um who was it from um miss nevada uh the trans pinai cataluna enriquez so for you like who do you think of as models for uh trans representation for trans rights um figures that you looked up to that you know you know could really speak to the authentic experience gina rossero i think that's your last name do you know her you know of her? I follow her yes. on Instagram and like, I just, yes, I think she's dope. <laughs> so definitely her. Um, I like the work that she does. Uh, when I was younger, this is not a trans person necessarily. I don't know how they identify nowadays, but um, back in the day, like when Calvin Klein had their CK1 ads uh, for like their jeans and like the further perfume, um, it was it was all black and white. And I remember my sisters would put up pictures from magazines on the wall and this one ad for CK1 or like Calvin Klein, it was um, different people, young people uh, wearing white tops, like tank tops or t-shirts or topless. And then maybe light gray jeans. I don't know. It was like a black and white photo shoot. And I remember seeing uh, one androgynous looking Japanese female who had very short hair. Like she was very androgynous. Uh, and her name was Jenny Shimizu, I believe. And she was the very first person that I saw that appeared, you know, androgynous, androgynous to me, yet was in a big major campaign, like Calvin Klein ad. And seeing that just like, whoa, it made me so happy to see um, Asian representation, not only like a person of color, but someone that like was just very unique and edgy and like possibly a lesbian or whatever i didn't know how they identified at the time i think possibly lesbian i'm pretty sure she dated angelina jolie and at some point maybe madonna yeah yeah she was in a movie called foxfire with uh, angelina jolie back in the day um yeah and i think she dated madonna i think like madonna would like fly her out and stuff and she was a model too a runway model um so seeing that like on the wall from a magazine, uh, it just gave me hope that like, yo, <laughs> dope. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it wasn't the end of the world, like feeling like that inside, like to actually, I think it makes a big difference when you see visually in media or uh, in a magazine, just like anywhere representation of someone cl close to yourself. It's a big deal, like for youth. It's and meaningful. Just, it really is. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's it for today for part one of the transgender experience with Romeo Reyes. Thank you so much for joining us in celebrating the International Day of Transgender Visibility. Make sure to tune in for part two tomorrow. We'd also like to thank our partner CITR 101.9 FM for continuing to support Filipino Fridays podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Filipino Fridays podcast or send us an email at contact at Filipino Fridays com. Catch you all tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us. This is your host, Archie. Let's get it.